Well, hello everybody and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical Podcast with Jen and Lou. And I am Louise Eddington, um, astrologer, best-selling author, and um, I help you to create a wonderful free life. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Jen Duchenne and I'm an Akashic healer, spiritual teacher and guide creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards, and I help my clients to experience more of what they truly want. And let's do the cards, and then we have an announcement after the cards. But Jen, what card did you pull for the Scorpio full moon? So the card that showed up is the 14 soul portal, and um, I find this is interesting. Of course, it's a five, so it harks back to the five of the year. Uh, there's a ram in here, which is um, kind of connecting to that energy. What is interesting is the figure um, here. For those who can't see, there's a figure there uh, with this ball, which might be the earth, could be the energy of the cosmos uh, in this feels like a moment of empowerment or awareness there's a little uh what do you call that a canary little canary there's bells and in the background is this uh what do you call it like a tightrope with a little little bicycle so it's it's that moment of needing to take the action do the work like kind of settle into this is who i am kind of accepting your empowerment and the figure is wearing what looks like uh, antlers, like as if she's crowned with antlers. This recognition, I'm a galactic being here on earth and I'm choosing to do things, the difficult things to kind of walk the tightrope or bicycle on that um, cord with seemingly no uh, protection. And I love the way that they're all kind of facing one direction, moving forward, and and it's very earthly colours. And even though, because this is a Scorpio full moon uh, we're talking about today, but of course that means uh, at the opposite point is Taurus, which is very earthly and is very much about uh, making things real, manifestation and growth. And I am chuckling when I look at this card because hold yours up still. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know. Can you believe this? <laughs> so, I mean, she's even wearing the horns, but we've got the ram's horns kind of thing, you know, like you've got a ram there. So that's her shield, which is that same kind of circle. Yeah. Wow. And the princess of discs in the tarot is about the mastery and creativity of uh and of birth of new forms. Um, so, you know, this is a, about focusing, getting down to work as well. Um, she's pregnant in this, if you can see in the card. So it's about birthing the new forms in that way also. Um, and she, it's about, you know, she's been kind of behind this there's some fire she's kind of been through the volcano um through the briar patch which she's leaving behind and um is gestating and um incubating uh 
some new something new now she has the um snake on her shoulder as well which transforms into an ermine uh, cloak and um ermine cloak represented kind of um uh, abundance in in um old things hopefully we don't wear actual ermine coats these days but still <laughs> but this is just i can't believe how close these cards are you know, just look at them that is pretty crazy the coloring the ball the figure the horns the the theme and and yours is even leaving behind you know this tree looks like it's kind of um in its fall you know Right, or a cherry blossom tree. It's just kind oh, of like branches. Yeah. Well, some people think of it as a cherry blossom tree. So it's like this bare kind of just yeah. branch thing that's very much a coming to realization of what is required. Mm. Let's do the work. This is what card always makes me think about is doing the work. What's necessary to kind of go to that next level to... Um, Definitely. Right. And then I see you've got kind of roots coming down from, it looks like, from the ball in the hand. And, and yeah. her gown feels like it's going down into the ground like this figure yeah. does as well. So it's a very rooted card, which to do the work, you have to really get grounded and rooted. So. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. It's really interesting how that uh, <laughs> similarity is very strange and wonderful. It is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly magical <laughs> but speaking of weirdly magical Jen and I have an announcement um Jen and I both have an awful lot going on in our lives <laughs> Jen is actually moving to Europe and we um we both have like so many major um astrological transits happening in our chart that I won't go into but uh, it's and we're just, um, well, we'll remain close friends, but this is actually going to be the last weirdly magical podcast, at least for now. Who knows? But um, it just feels like a natural ending. The full moon for me is is exactly hitting my chart in the places of fulfillment. Uh, and Jen, it's also um, affecting Jen in some places. So... You know, we didn't give any warning, but we both sat with this and it just it feels like a full full moon is a completion. Jen moving to Europe, she's going to be very involved with that. We've both moved countries before. We know it, what a big shift it is. And, and um, I myself have some shifts happening in my own life that mean I want to focus elsewhere. So, you know, Jen can be found on gendershen.com and uh, she'll still be working, clearly. <laughs> I can be found on louiseeddington.com and I'll still be, um, Jen will tell you in a minute what she's got going on. But I have my Venus Enchantment community, which is a major focus for me now. I have another book I want to write to go with uh, my um, Complete Guide to Astrology, which is number one of all astrology books on astrology.com but I have another book I want to write that's really from from my heart um I might still be podcasting Jen might podcast again when she um settles where she's going um but it's just time for the weirdly magical podcast to um come to a halt so <laughs> 
Uh, Jen, you know, do you want to tell everybody what, uh, how they can continue to find you while through your move? Um, Absolutely. Uh, besides my website that Lou mentioned, and I was just thinking as Lou was talking that that ball in the cards we pulled and this moon is about the, um, you know, it's about rebirthing or coming new, birthing into something new, so completion and that. And I think I believe we're all moving into new awareness, new birthing. So um, some of the work that I am getting more involved in is working with this idea of uh, having more, being more. So a lot of my work is going into that direction, uh, more teaching around um, healing to wholeness, uh, as well as new classes coming, uh, some fantastic, well, I think they're fantastic. Who knows if you'll agree, but classes around using the illuminating journey cards, um, using vision to uh, activate your vision, what you want to see and know through the cards and um, other work around that. And of course, once I move, I hope to incorporate more of the energy of the divine, the goddess, the um, the aspects which bring the balance between um, the two opposites, the intuition and the activation uh, into my work. So yes, find me at my website or on Instagram or in, on Facebook. And incidentally, my card is, is kind of about my work because my focus is on this Venus enchantment community and being working with the Venus cycle and <laughs> And Venus is it is the ruler of Taurus and is very much about this card. And her cycle is a nine and a half month birthing. And we've just had the Venus star point. So just too many signs. And and so um, all the other um, episodes will still be up. If you can always revisit any past episodes. They'll still be on iTunes, the Weirdly Magical podcast Um youtube channel will still be up you know anybody can always go back and listen to old episodes or but continue to you know follow our personal youtube channels and facebook pages etc please and see what we're up to and i'm sure if i podcast jen will be a guest at times and if jen podcasts i'm sure she'll i'll be a guest on times on hers so, because we've been friends for a long time so that's not gonna change so moving on, we, and I did want to point out as well, Jen and I, Jen has got this necklace that somebody made for her and gifted to her. And I, she was wearing that and I was like, I have a necklace that's almost the same, only a different color. So we're wearing our necklace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Scorpio full moon is on April the 27th, 2021 at 4 32 a.m london time okay and um it's at seven degrees and six minutes of scorpio with the sun opposing at seven degrees and six minutes of taurus and the sun is in a big uh, taurus cluster as we as we record this, uh, we're on, recording this on the new moon in Aries, where we have a massive plethora of planets in um, Aries. Well, by the April the 27th, the Sun, Venus and Mercury will have all moved into Taurus. And they're kind of in a cluster that is about um, nine degrees. So which and I'm going to call that a conjunction. 
So the sun in Taurus is conjunct Uranus at 10 degrees, Venus at 15 degrees, Black Moon Lilith at 15 degrees and Mercury at 16 degrees. So we'll talk all about that. Um, the full moon is also square to Hygieia in Leo and Caraiclo in Aquarius, forming a fixed Grand Cross. So we'll talk about that too. And the closest other aspect to the moon and the sun is to Vesta in Virgo um, that is sextile to the moon and trying to the sun. And Vesta will have just stationed direct a few days before. But one last thing, <laughs> Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio or the modern ruler of Scorpio and Pluto is stationing uh, retrograde um, a few hours after this full moon. So the ruler of the full moon is at his station point and Pluto stations can be quite transformative. So it kind of gives you an indication of this full moon already before we even look at anything else. Because Scorpio, uh, the, the sign is a sign of transformation and purging as, and and release and going down into the depths as well. So we'll talk more about that. So Jen, the numbers. Yes, I was just thinking about how truth is uh, such a big part of this as we go deeper or is revealed to us. The endings allows us to kind of find the energy of truth that helps us to free ourselves. Um, so uh, what's exciting about this full moon, seven degrees, uh, which is the number of illuminating our own wisdom. The seven allows us to draw in the energy of the awareness. It lights up our intuition, allows us to look at the past and change the present so we can experience something different in the future, uh, which is very much about this time. It's the completion of many, many cycles, many ancient cycles, many things we've been living under. So this idea of this illumination of our heart, of our awareness into who do I need to be in this moment? What do I need to see? Kind of pulling back the layers to see the truth. And that's very much that Scorpio energy. The reason why we've done things, behaved in a certain way is because we needed something we weren't getting. Maybe we were fooling ourselves. And now we need to kind of pay the piper, do the work, which ties into the cards. I find it interesting that it's seven and six minutes, seven degrees, six minutes, because we have the six and seven. This is happening on the 26th, 26th of April, and that's an eight. Oh, uh, so, it's huh? the, uh, yeah, it's the 26th in the US. The 20th. Oh, it is the 27th? Or 20, yeah. is it the 27th? That's why I was confused. Okay, because I it's the 27th in the UK. I, I told you wrong that it's on the same day. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are revealing the truth. <laughs> um, so it is the 26th in the UK. So that's an eight. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about the other date, the, the, the 9th, the 27th in the US. So the eight. So that's the other way around. <laughs> It's 26th in the UK, in the US, sorry. And oh, right. Now I'm looking at your thing, right? Okay. I'm looking at the one you sent me. Right, right. Yes. 26 here, 27 in the UK, right? 
Okay, so in the US, it's an eight, 26 is an eight. So this is about taking leadership, finding balance in what we're doing. And April is a nine universal month. So we have that seven, eight, nine uh, to think about if you are in the US. In the universal time, it's the 27th. So that gives us a triple nine day because it's a nine universal month. 27 is a nine day. And so you add those together and that gives you another nine, it reduces to a nine. So that's pretty amazing, explosive, triple nine energy, endings, expanding and just opening your heart in an ending to open your heart and to allow this understanding what's available to you, forgiveness, love, awareness. And if we think about that seven, um, which some people may think of as an eight, but there's that seven expanding our intuition so expanding our heart and our rooting knowing that it is up to us to make a different choice so it's very very powerful either way wherever you are this is about uh, really seeing the uh, what you need to do because now you've been given this opportunity to wash and cleanse what has been maybe something very painful that you have been living by mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interesting, you say wash and cleanse <laughs> because, uh, you know, I always think of Scorpio full moon as the flooding school, uh, full moon um, because it's often a big flood of purging emotions, really cleansing out. And I literally had a, um, a basement flood a few years ago on a Scorpio full moon. So, it, it you, you know, it was a, a freak flood that couldn't you could not. Um, predict and um and you know this full moon is going to be digging very deep um the proximity of um uranus to the sun in taurus is going to bring some um sudden illuminations and uh, you know ignoring literal floods i think this is going to because scorpio full moons are really deep emotionally they really kind of plumb the depths of our own shadow work and our own deepest psyche and also are reflective of our most deeply bonded relationships and any um, sense of merging with other people. Uh, the the um, proximity of Uranus to this full moon is going to bring some sudden awakenings i think some very deep awakenings especially with pluto the ruler um stationing retrograde on the same day um you know i would prepare to perhaps do some ceremony and i think the awakenings are going to be good you know they're going to be sudden awarenesses of things that need to be purged released let go of on this full moon but I think it might have a little bit of a shocking quality with this um, full moon, um, the whole makeup of this of this chart. The proximity of Venus and Black Moon Lilith exactly together and Mercury only a degree apart from those two um, also conjunct the um, the full moon. Oh, and with Venus now just over eight degrees away from the full moon, I think she might be visible as the evening star in some places. 
if you you know if you've got a really mountaintop view of the um, setting sun you might just glimpse venus as the evening star before she dips below the horizon too it kind of feels like this rebirthing that we got in those cards like this time to really buckle down rebirth this wild part of yourself as well and the messages that are going to come through with both Mercury, the messenger, and our kind of rational mind, and Uranus, kind of the uh, lightning bolt messenger of the gods conjunct there, I think we're just going to get some amazing insights that come from somewhere very deep within um, that are going to um, transform you and move you forward and release some very old patterns um, on this full moon. So right i'm nodding along for those of you who can't see i'm just like nodding whatever lou's saying because um one of the things i am hearing from the akashic masters is this is like this moment is the moment of the uh, the arc the noah arc i think i've talked about it a little bit before but now this feels like that moment of uh, embarkation or debarkation whatever it's called when you're going on no embarkation right you're leaving mm. that triple nine it's the rising of the waters if you think about the story of noah's ark is the rising of the water and the need to leave behind what has uh, maybe overwhelmed you uh, that you've secreted away the uranus energy at the 10 it feels like and this is what i'm hearing is the energy of being like a lightning bolt to your heart mm -hmm. so this kind of jump starting of your energy and i was just um thinking about this journey i, I took a few days ago i was took a journey and what happened was part of the journey going into the depths of what seemed like water to retrieve a very old part of myself and so i was just thinking how appropriate that is in terms of the scorpio is going to that part of ourselves uh, as you were mentioning, Lou, that idea of going to the depths, the part of ourselves that probably has been hidden under many layers that has been secreted away uh, for safekeeping, and maybe we've even forgotten about it. Mm. And this uh, kind of electrifying to our heart system, being flooded by um, water or liquid, uh, is that washing away of whatever has been hidden so now we begin to see and it is revealed to us uh, that part of ourselves and it's it's kind of forcing its way into our lives so all this time we've been able to suppress that stuff and hide behind our um, uh, all our cover-ups but now this stuff is just going to come to the surface and we won't be able to keep it below the surface so we will be electrified by our truth by our love uh, of wanting to be uh, fully revealed not mm. to be imprisoned anymore is how it feels mm. and so it's so interesting there we have that we have mercury right at that 16 which is also a seven and that we have uh, Venus with Black Moon Lilith, that kind of at the 15, which is the six, the energy of love, um, awakening us to our true service as uh, humans, as what we're doing here is to be, that's our service, is to do what we do with love mm -hmm. and not be doing it because we're afraid or we think that we're not supposed to or we're not good enough. So I, I find it very interesting that all of this energy is pushing us towards that mm. redemption 
that ending that allows us to be reborn in a new way. And I do really see it as uh, a kind of rebirth redemption in so many ways. You know, if we think about the, the cyclical nature of the planets, you know, the Sun and Venus have been traveling together. We had the um, the connection between Venus and the Sun, the Venus star point starting a new nine and a half month cycle back on March the 26th. So it would be a, a month after uh, with Venus starting to emerge as the evening star, um, starting her nine and a half months, which is a length of a pregnancy, literally, journey uh, through to the end of the year where she goes on her retrograde journey. And then, you know, Venus and Black Moon Lilith together on this. Um, Black Moon Lilith is really the shamed, rejected um, part of, of the female i see these female planets as all faces of the um of the goddess you know they're not separate to me they're the separate faces i see venus kind of as the um as the eve figure um and lilith was the uh first wife of adam in the myth and so here they are coming together as venus emerges on that new journey with Mercury, the messenger, who was uh, who went between the world of humans and the words uh, the world of the gods, we also have Venus here in the sign she rules, Taurus, one of the signs she rules, uh, kind of taking her rightful place, if you like, it, and and it's emerging from that journey that started back in Aries and the Venus star point at five degrees fifty minutes. It's it's all quite fascinating to me how it, they're all emerging together, the way um, it's all unfolding. Mars has uh, traveled ahead. He's the traditional ruler of the Scorpio uh, moon. Mars on this um, full moon will it by then have moved uh, to two degrees of cancer. But Mars is still out of bounds on this full moon. He's out of bounds, acting out of character until May the 24th and and so he's forging new ground um, after crossing that north node um, on the day of the Venus star point <laughs> and um, and he's doing things differently so that's the divine masculine as well the protector um, I've started to think of Mars not as the god of war I've started to think of him as our protector really um, our Mars that we have in each of us um, he's if you look at the way our planets go we have the sun at the core then we have Mercury then we have Venus then the earth and our moon and then we have Mars kind of protecting um, our personal planets and personal self um, from the transpersonal from from the rest of the universe kind of our little guard with his spear there going up don't worry i'll keep you safe <laughs> and i'm your life force but i will you know make sure all these more feeling touching core parts of yourself are safe and and mars moved into cancer i kind of feel like he's going okay the self-love that we've been invited to do over the last few weeks is really being protected now and saying it's got to be your focus. So uh, if that made sense, that felt like a whole lot of words. Blurting. <laughs> yes, yes, it made sense. 
I, I was just thinking when you were talking about it that, you know, Lilith and Eve have, um, you know, Lilith is the shame that, that the light that has been dimmed, like the shame, the female, the prostitute, that kind of idea that they were, uh, women were prostitutes instead of recognizing the sacred sexuality and the acts that they did, not uh, in terms of prostitution, but in uh, reverence and in love and in expansion of being. So they're coming to a light that has been dimmed, coming up into, um, into its correct position. Uh, Venus too, taking of the Eve, all these different things that have been also overshadowed or controlled. Um, often through, you know, that uh, the, what has, which was taken by the masculine, which was the sun mm -hmm. and Mars and those things. So yes, I find it interesting that Mars is in Cancer, the, the sign of the home, of the heart, of protection, uh, and uh, at two degrees. So very interesting, two degrees with the 13 minutes, that's interesting too, but the two, uh, and the four, and that adds up to six, which is the love number, but um, the two is like bringing balance or awareness to everything in its rightful place, that having protection or having um, the ability to activate your life force does not take away your ability to be an emotional being, to have uh, expression, self-expression. So it's not just force, but expression and that softening of Mars in Gemini, in the, in the, I'm not in Gemini, in ca um, Cancer with the two is that kind of softening, that opening, that awareness, that boundaries. This is about boundaries. It's not about walls. There's a difference. Like when we know our boundaries, we are safe mm. and we don't need walls. Uh, so I think that ties in very much to what you're talking about, Lou, that idea that we move forward by shifting the energies that have been so long under a certain light, under a certain belief system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that Venus and Lilith mentioned coming together in, in the, if we look at the, the myth of the fall, so to speak, as it was called, <laughs> um, often Lilith was um, thought of as the snake um, in the um, tree of um, knowledge um, that tempted Adam and Eve to bite from the fruit. Um, and uh, interesting that they're so together on this at that six degree mark. And then um, oh, I had another thought and I can't remember what it is. Anyway, basically, I, I kind of see this lineup of planets as kind of awakenings to healing. Jen mentioned, um, you know, the, the divine um, sacred sexuality of uh, women in the past. But there's also been the shame of like Magdalene was portrayed as a prostitute all the time. And now there's actual evidence that she was never a prostitute. I've been reading and listening to a lot of things and the gospel of Magdalene. And she was the wife of Christ. <laughs> you know, even the Catholic Church has admitted that that gospel, that, that uh, gospel of Magdalene is true. And um, and it's uh, there's plenty of evidence within it that she was actually the wife of Christ, um, 
whether you believe they were actually divine beings or prophets or whatever, but she was the apostle to the apostles. So there's that part of the shame too, where um, yes, there were sacred uh, prostitutes, sexuality and things like that, but there are also women who've been shamed as prostitutes when they were anything but, you know, they were actually powerful women in the time um, of um, when the, the current age of Pisces began really so yeah, but I think that one of the things there's a confusion around is the word prostitute is that those goddesses or, or sacred priestesses or who worked with sacred sexuality were not prostitutes it's the idea of being a prostitute is like you're selling your soul or you're you're doing something that you shouldn't like that's how we look at the word prostitute you prostitute yourself uh, so I think that when we change the word right like that's the same thing maybe what you were going to say about um Lilith and I was saying exactly the same yeah that um right. neither no. neither was wrong it's just been the two sides of what was shamed you know right no I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying the word sometimes the word prostitute can be confusing for people like thinking right. of them being prostitutes they weren't prostituting themselves that was you know very sacred mm. uh, act they were doing um but I think maybe that was the point you were going to make about Eve and, and Lilith was this idea of, you know, what people say. I think the word you used was that um, the snake was. Lilith. Yeah, yeah but it was uh, forcing them, you know, they oh. were compelled to, whereas Eve wants to find her, you know, other side, right? She is called to be whole, right? Not just have, not just be this pleasant woman to adam and just you know be his rib right oh, exactly, yeah. yeah yeah and um and um, talking on the same subject of the sacred sexuality of course the closest aspect to this full moon is that trine and sextile to vesta in virgo and the vestal virgins were uh um, women who were whole unto themselves. They were not virgins in the modern sense of the world, word at all. They were actually, actually kind of priestesses that uh, kept the heart by uh, burning. And, and uh, their, part of their work was this sacred sexuality, healing through the sacred sexuality too. And, and Vesta's there at six degrees. So we've got Venus and Lilith at 15, which is a six. We've got Vesta at a six. Um, we've got all this wonderful energy, priestess, really what is priestess energy um, coming together. Um, and Vesta, I mean, Athena, Pallas Athena. And also oh, yes, she's at 15. Yeah. Right. And so there's that six so yeah, it's very interesting that there's so much energy towards this either movement with the five or the six, which is the, you know, the love energy. Mm. Um, so we have that um, five and then the seven. Very interesting. There's a lot of lower numbers that we didn't have before. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I think too, what's interesting is that... Um, the nodes at 11 degrees, which is also a two, so kind of matching up again with Mars in that sense of this is our fate, like mastering our fate or our destiny. Um, and, you know, it's that saying, 
by Jung until you make the unconscious conscious it'll rule your life and you'll call it fate mm. it's that thing of going okay I'm actually choosing the path forward and that's kind of how it feels to me like this energy is on purpose mm. it's not just oh we're just going to hide away and we're going to keep pretending because it's comfortable but we are going to do that work right we're going to root ourselves in who we are who we're becoming and noticing that Chiron is at 10 degrees, which matching the Uranus, so that again, that new beginnings, that, that energy of uh, allowing the sacred, the, uh, um, the healing to be uh, fulfilling or complete. And then we talk about my new favorite, <laughs> Karaiklo. And, and so I think I mentioned at the beginning that... Um, Karai close at four, four Aquarius, opposing Hygieia at five Aquarius, uh, sorry, at five Leo. And, and the two are in, really in square to this full moon. And Karai Klo is the grace spinner. And, and she is this, uh, to my, the more I kind of look at her in people's charts and feel into her myself, um, because I've just had my Karai Klo return, um, which we all have at around age 61 um she is um when 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 she's called the grace spinner i think she spins stories i see her as this kind of healing figure that heals through stories and in aquarius she's pulling in this new vision um and um incidentally Karaiklo herself the actual body is approaching the opposition from when she was discovered back in 1997 we didn't know she existed before then as a as an object she was the wife of chiron so she has this healing um energy herself she was said to be a handmaiden of Pallas athena and things but i don't think she was a handmaiden i think she was a companion tutor as chiron was to the gods i think Karaiklo was to the to the goddesses I think they were extremely important figures who were mentors and teachers and and like women often teach um kind of the more uh traditional female skills like the weaving the spinning and and do it through telling the stories as they do those things so this is how I see Karaiklo and her opposition to Hygieia with Hygieia in Leo, Leo ruling the heart, of course, it's kind of she's bringing this healing in that we are give, being given this amazing opportunity to really heal our hearts. You know, we've been through some very challenging, crazy times and, you know, there's a lot of um, division and separation in our world. But, and and I'm not saying you have to just, you know, agree with start agreeing with everybody but you can disagree with people and still love them you know I kind of thought about a blog post I wanted to write the other day because I've been going through some very personal awakenings myself over the last few weeks and you know what I was going to call the blog post I was going to go it's the day I realized that I love Donald Trump <laughs> because I see him as this hurt little boy, you know, and I know he's gone now, but he's still talking um, and he's still doing things. 
And I do, I really see him as this damaged human. Um, yes, he caused a lot of, you know, trouble and some people think he's great, but I still, I see his hurt little boy. So I can love that hurt little boy and still disagree with him. <laughs> so this is what this full moon to me is saying. It's plum plumbing these deep places and realizing that you can feel this deep connection and deep love for people, even if you don't disagree, even if you don't agree. So, yeah. Right. Uh, absolutely. The balance, I think uh, that's a very good point that, uh, you know, um, you can find compassion for uh, what creates the schism in someone or for who they are, the human human part of them that is damaged or whatever, whatever we want to call it, is lacking uh, because of their experience. It doesn't stop you from saying that, and that's the boundary issue. That's where the boundary comes in, right? That's the two, where Mars is, yes, you have a reason for the way you are, and I love you for it, but I'm not going to let you treat me this way, or I'm not going to just go along with you. And that's kind of been the confusion for many of us for many years, is this idea that I love you, so do what I want, and I can't say anything bad about you. And that's not true. It's not like we're, you can be kind, right? You can be kind, but you don't need to just let somebody dump on you. And that's the difference. Like, what is your right your freedom because then when you understand those things you can certainly move forward mm. that's a great title i think that would be a fun title and, <laughs> and you know maybe maybe you know it's just, it's just an example we can learn to l treat people with more compassion rather than this real harsh punishment society that we live in you know, I'm not saying let them off or anything like that, but I think back to those stories of um, some tribal cultures that uh, would sit somebody um, in the center of the village and shower them with love. Right. <laughs> you do that in South Africa, in Africa, yeah. when they did the commission, right? It's an African and probably other tribes as well. No, I think it was an African tribe I read about, yeah, that did it. And, and you know is this punishment society working you know <laughs> is it you know i felt really i've i've been quite upset this week not because prince philip died but because of what i've witnessed because of um some people's cruelty and lack of compassion of the things they've been sharing and i was like can't we be better than this you know you didn't have to like him you, you didn't have to you could think he was horribly racist and on all these things but just say nothing you know do we have to be totally lack of compassion and uh, we can still think royalty should have to go and still have compassion for um, a woman that lost her partner of 73 years so you know can't we find this balance this is what's been going on in my life and it feels like this full moon um energy to me right well i think that has a lot to do with this you know the triple nine nine is all about finding compassion that we are one finding the balance or the the realization of what's true for you or what's true for me or you true, true for anyone what is the truth that um just because we don't like what somebody says or does it uh, doesn't mean we have to be cruel to them. Like, yes, we've been 
treated cruelly, many of us by society, our parents, everyone wanted us to adapt and, you know, transform. But the reason why they wanted us to do that was, you know, to keep us safe, even though it didn't keep us safe, you know, it didn't work, honestly, that punishing energy, you're wrong, I'm going to force you into shape, that whole, even in the military, what they do, you know, trying to, um, through cruelty, they shape you, um, they take away your, um, your feeling, like you become numb to feeling. And that's not the solution, right? Just being a hard, cold robot is not the solution to um, what we're trying to achieve or what we want to feel and how we can express ourselves. So I think on one hand, people expressing themselves can feel uncomfortable because they're being what we might think of as cruel. But on the other hand, we have to find that discernment to know that they're in pain, right? So that's kind of that thing, right? They're in pain, so they're acting a certain way. which, you know, yeah, but then we're not following them or agreeing with them. You know, I think that's the key is how we separate ourselves from the, the herd mentality, like somebody's doing something. So I got to set it right. I've got to do something about it. Oh, I've just ignored it. But it was still like, it just brought this energy. I, I kind of read posts in terms of what's going on in the planets and the messages that I'm getting from them. And, uh, and that's what came up for me that, um, you know, clearly we're, we're being asked and, you know, we're away from this full moon right now. We're two weeks away from it. As we record this, this full moon is full of a request for digging in deep to those feelings of compassion to my mind. And Mm. it's a very healing full moon and purging a lot of that, um, the old patterns, the old way of doing things. Again, uh, you talked about the nodes at 11 degrees. I mean, I'm typical of, you know, a numerologist light. (laughs) I always see that as just the gateway number to, uh, you know, a new beginning. And Mm -hmm. the new, the North Node in Gemini at 11 degrees is a new way of community, a new way of being in community with each other. Um, Right. Right. And the 11 is definitely a number of new beginnings or double new beginnings. It's a, it's a portal. It is also um, an opportunity to stand on your own two feet. So uh, one of the things that I feel is really important about this um, full moon, including uh, Cairo and Curriclo, uh, is their um, focus on standing on our own two feet is moving away from collapsing because someone has an opinion that uh, might make us feel bad about ourselves. So moving away from that type of response that we have been uh, conditioned to over many centuries, like somebody thinks I'm a bad person, so I'm going to hide or I'm going to be a bad person or whatever, you know, you know what I mean when I say that, Mm. not really a bad person, but we internalize Somebody has a weird look on their face or they yell at us. So we internalize it as if it's something we've done wrong Mm -hmm. instead of this energy that we're being shown through. I see the um, kind of similar to what you were saying, Lou. I see Cariclo and uh, whatever, however you pronounce the name, and and, um, Caron. They're the link between the physical world or the human world and the um, kind of 
heavenly world. They're the mm. communicators and they're the ones who are translating the experience. So it speaks to that of, you know, yes, let's move away from being wounded children and wounded adults to becoming, this is who I am. I'm okay with who you are. Don't, doesn't mean you're going to treat me the way you want. But then again, that's our freedom. And what strikes me as interesting as well is that Neptune now is at 22 degrees mm. with having had that energy with the nodes earlier, a couple of, uh, for quite a while, and now kind of reinstating that way forward through, uh, you know, kind of releasing ourselves from our bondage, from the illusion of bondage and going like, that's enough. I've had enough of living somebody else's reality and I want to live what's true for me. I'm quite excited to see how this all, all develop after um, at Ven when Mercury first passes the North Node, then goes retrograde in Gemini <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Gem and goes over the nodes again and then Venus passes the North Node and then the Sun passes the North Node. It's it's real, you know, all the personal planets are just following each other into this new ground um, as we move into this new paradigm. And uh, the personal planets are kind of how we behave and how we react and um, how we live. And I do feel a real opportunity here for everybody to kind of feel the, sh the shift that that I personally have been feeling because I've got so many aspects going to my planets that we are really being invited to move to this more compassionate, loving um, place. Right. I think this is a universal opportunity. Like this is the gateway to something different. Like, yeah. yes, we can stay where we've been. We can live in that world of, of victimization and feeling less than that we've been conditioned to and it's been very painful but here's an opportunity to um, look at what is um, kind of creating that situation and by understanding that somebody like you know Donald as you mentioned he wasn't doing those things to us even though it may have felt like it and it did impact many people in painful ways uh, he's just doing him right he's playing Donald whatever and and donald like anyone else has the opportunity to go you know what i don't want to be that i don't want to be the wounded child i want to be the um, evolved adult and what does that take and that's our free will to go yes i see there's an opportunity so this is kind of like as exploration right that's how it feels like i know we talked about at the beginning when we did the overview for the year this idea of being on an adventure and exploring new territory and this new territory you're talking about once all of these planets pass the node and it's like okay you're in open territory you're in a new place um and kind of crossing the path the open waters like that idea of moving into a new age and going i don't want to be who i was what do i need to do what can i explore how can i live this differently and then of course pluto stationing retrograde just hours after this full moon <laughs> <laughs> at 26 degrees of Capricorn. Incidentally, um, Venus stations retrograde at 26 degrees Capricorn at the end of this year. So that's a, a powerful degree. Um, 
and and Venus um, represents earthly desires in some ways and Pluto represents soul desires and and there's Pluto in his journey of changing our institutions and I do think they are starting to shift I am feeling it I am really starting to see that gradually our institutions that uh, we've given our power to are um, starting to transform. And I think this will be a big part in that shift as well. So. Right. And it's interesting to see that um, uh, Saturn is at uh, right now, so 12 degrees of um, Aquarius which is that place where we get to decide what we realizing, like, are we going to realize our own wisdom? Are we going to go back to the old ways? And then Jupiter is a 27, which is also a nine. So that the potential is so enormous right now to let go of the past, to let go of that tired old way of being. So we can show up because somebody expects us to be this way, or we can't have what we want. And, you know, COVID, the whole pandemic thing has proved to us that all the things that people say we couldn't do that weren't possible um, are clearly possible when there's a need, right? When you have to do it, <laughs> you find the way. And that's what's so exciting. And when you think about Pluto being going into retrograde at this 26, right, that eight, at like on the same day, which is the um, 27th, uh, it's enormously interesting with Venus, that idea of the two of them have been in legend together, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of them going underground and the story was always Venus was, or whoever it was, was forced into it. Um, and yet that bonding of the side of ourselves, of the soul and the earthly is what we need to do. It's like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna bring that part of myself into my world so I can like live honestly like as opposed to pretending I don't have any deep desires I don't have any like negative thoughts or dark ideas yeah right. and you know Kaya uh, Ceres has been part of this journey too and she's following up behind I kind of see the Ceres Venus Pluto uh, connection as the whole uh, Demeter Persephone uh, Pluto story and um and we're really all these patterns are coming to say like you said sexual desire is normal our society has said it's like something dirty something to not be talked about and things and I'm not you know suggesting everybody has to go out and talk about their sex lives that's nothing to do with that but it's, <laughs> it's accepting that human part of you that we are basically animals as well with our physical desires and needs just as much as eating food you know it's like <laughs> and it's acceptance of all of that so i think um again all that humanness is being um is being uh, brought to the fore so that we can accept it. I really think this is probably one of the most powerful periods uh, for human, um, I'm going to say potential, but I don't even mean that word. Acceptance is more um, uh, the word of accepting our humanity. Let's talk of all this 
in the next life or ascension to something better. This is it, you know. Earth, desires, eating, sex, all those things. Money, um, love. It's all what what we're here for. So anyway. Yes, and that's part of that whole sacred sexuality was actually to teach women and men uh, how to have good sex. Yes. So they were treating like, you know, having reverence for sex, having boundaries. These are all the things we need in everything, whether it's money or food or anything, relationships with any people is being taught how to do it in a way that is respectful and honest. So we can, you know, we can say what we want and the other person says what they want. And then we honor that. Like we don't push through their boundaries and say, no, I'm going to do what I want on you. Right. And it makes a big difference. It really does that compassion and that love and that willingness to go, okay, I want this. So what do you want? And let's find the way forward um, I think there's so many words and expressions that have been kind of bastardized, if I can use that word. Um, the idea of even um, let's compromise. Like I have an issue with that word because compromise always makes it sound like I have to give up things that are important to me. Yeah. And we shouldn't have to do that to, you know, we should just go, okay, then I'm not going to do that. Or I'm okay, you have a different opinion, but I'm still going to do what I need to do. We can't be giving up the things that are important to us because then we're saying that someone else's desires is more important than our own. I prefer the balance. You know, we can be in a balance when we're around each other <laughs> and respect each other's boundaries. You know, love and respect it comes down to really. So. Right. Or maybe we've compromised on different things. Like we compromise on the idea that we're going to always have our way or that we're always going to come to an agreement and we go, okay, let's not, let's compromise on that. Like you have your turn to decide and then I'll decide or whatever, instead of going, no, we're going to figure it out and someone's going to have to lose so that someone wins. Right. It's not, it's a difficult dance, but I think the universe is giving us um, the opportunities to, at least um, do that dance and uh, try and find some some kind of harmony in there you know it's not going to be easy I'm not suggesting it when I look at these things I'm going these are opportunities that's why I always call the transits and the full moons and the new moons things opportunities it's just whether we listen and whether we learn the lesson you know, for example, as we record this, we're in the Aries kind of energy and Mars is, is the ruler of Aries has um, broken that boundary of the time of the serpent, the draconic bowl. And, and the lesson has really been about self-love. Uh, you know, um, I thought I was quite self-loving. I've been on a um, track of focusing on self-love and realized how less so you know yes I was self-loving to a degree but now I'm doing more of it and I feel better for doing more of it and then we move into Taurus which is more about uh, recognizing how our how we can do, take that self-love out and attract others with it because we're more um, attractive if we're self-loving so and then right 
the earthly desires this is the thing it's not about the seven deadly sins or whatever the kind of bible and all of that religious stuff said it really is about recognizing that we have desires and that we need to know that our desires have value and that there's a way to do it in a respectful kind way by loving ourselves and loving the, this, the situation yeah i also think like when you're talking about like this whole idea of having mars broken the bowl and then everything kind of moving forward is we're entering a territory that is unknown so when you enter unknown territory, if you go on a wilderness adventure, you're going to hit areas. It's going to be challenging. It's going to push your buttons. You're going to have to learn new skills. You're going to have to like walk until you find shade. And it's going to be like, oh, my God, when am I going to get there? I'm you know, walking for miles and miles. I'm exhausted. And you're going to keep walking. And that's kind of what happens when you're breaking new ground, when you're doing new things. You really have to apply yourself. Yeah. And, um, oh, I had a thought then. And then my phone buzzed. I've got this. <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, talking. You mentioned the seven deadly sins. I've been listening to loads of stuff about uh, the gospel of Mary Magdalene, right? Uh, which is an actual verified document. Um, apparently, um, the person, Jesus, said there is no such thing as sin. Did you know he said that? That's been okay. That's been cut out of the Bible. He actually said there's no such thing as sin. So, right, I believe it. You know, the whole, if you go back to some of the, the, the scenes, the scenes yeah. there or culture and the, the kind of ancient culture that was passed down that is still like, you know, hidden in some of these things and coming to light is this idea of being even the, um, what do they call those people? Um, well, in French, they have the word, the good man, le, le, bon, le bon homme. It's, um, you know, the ones that were keeping the sacred treasure. What do you call them? The, they were all descendants anyway of the Essenes. And the Essenes believe that, you know, in the wholeness, that there is no such thing as sin. You, you, you know, you do what you do and then you take responsibility basically for what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what it boils down to. So... The idea of sin is like reducing people to children. And that's what's happened, right? Like we've been reduced to these little children who don't have any rights. They feel hurt and harmed and angry. And just bringing Trump again, that's such a great example of somebody who had everything, all the power in the world and could not figure out how to get past their own hurt mm -hmm. to actually... Um, use their ability for good you know lots of potential there and just staying in the wound staying in the pain um but that was what we've been conditioned to is that you're going to be a child that you don't have any voice not a child with delight and joy but a child that's been crushed and controlled and you know you will listen to me you will do it my way all that type of stuff so of course you know that's a perfect uh um way to keep people quiet is to say you know there's these sins right or go, you, you're not going to go to heaven you're going to go to hell and i feel very validated there oh my <laughs> <Dad. laughs> I, got, I got dragged to church as a child uh, like for many many years and all yeah. the, i was going babies can't sin why are they like washed away their sins as you know and those all these things i would question all the time being my very mutable questionable self i would <laughs> 
and 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 so you know now i'm thinking well the the message was good all along but the actual man went and bastardized it there's that well, yeah <laughs> yeah they changed it so they would be in power but that was the whole age, that was the age of pisces the power oh, yeah. of the age of pisces was to yeah. you know take away our power so that we would realize that it just doesn't work you just can't control people by you know abusing their power and telling them that you will be you know you'll be godlike or you'll do this and telling <laughs> them that babies are sinners honestly right right <laughs> anyway we've gone over an hour already should we move to the symbols let's do it all righty you do yours first all right so Scorpio at eight degrees, a calm lake bathed in moonlight. The keynote is a quiet openness to higher inspiration. One could stress the romantic suggestion such as such an image evokes. But even at the level of a love relationship, what is implied is a surrender of two personal egos to the inspiration of transcendent feelings, which are essentially impersonal. Love expresses itself through the lovers, for real love is a cosmic undifferentiated principle of power, which simply focuses, focuses itself within the souls of human beings who reflect its light. The same is true of the mystic's love for God. People strive hard to achieve great things through daring adventures, but a moment comes when all that really matters is to present a calm mind upon which a supernatural light may be reflected. Beyond all efforts, there is the need for peace and the readiness to accept the illumination from above. The key word is quiescence. I love that symbol because I do always think of Scorpio as the, the deepest, calmest, stillest water. And um, and so I might copy and paste this symbol into the description of the um, when I post the podcast. Mm. But the Chandra symbol for Scorpio 8 is a man with white hair. He has an angelic countenance split down the middle between advanced and retrogressive dynamics, karmically a hybrid mixed from opposite sides that seldom go together, grafting onto an exceedingly inward nature, a pointed and driving ambition to become somebody. Yet your inward nature contains within it a host of retrogressive pools of great power and intensity and your newfound footing in the world of self-mastery is tense and pressurised by shadows of the past threatening to engulf whatever territory you can begin to make your own. A titanic battle waged behind the scenes between wisdom and folly, both of them bearing immense lessons to move through. The folly is a crucial ingredient to ensure that the attainment of wisdom will also feature compassion and bone-deep endurance. A journey for the long haul, contested at every split second, requiring first as much courage, strength and inner will as you find in there for this purpose. 
everything being right where it needs to be for the impossible to occur and all of the chains to be cut loose. There we go. Summing up a lot of what we've talked about. (laughs) It's amazing how that happens every time. Every single time. And we we actually don't really read these symbols before we start. So... Well, um, personally, I would like to thank you all for your support of the podcast over the last two years we've been doing it. Have we been doing it two years now? Well, three, I can't remember. Three, I think. Yes, three. Wow. (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. And we did start it when we were having fun. But like I said, Jen and I, we've both uh, got so much going on and so much going on in our own work and our own lives that it just feels like the perfect time on a Scorpio full moon conjunct Uranus to say, let's let it go, let it flood away. So um, you can find me at louiseeddington.com, Cosmic Owl Astrology, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Google my name, you'll know where to find me. My two books, Complete Guide to Astrology and Modern Astrology, are for sale on Amazon. And I'm pleased to say Complete Guide is number one (laughs) in all astrology books. So um, it's goodbye from Lou. And now, Jen, tell everybody where they can find you. So I want to uh, echo Lou in the sense this has been such an amazing adventure. Um, Been so wonderful. So thank you for being listeners for being here uh it's really been amazing and so it's kind of sad i feel i have some tears saying goodbye that's good um it's always good to end before you hit the bitter end not that i think we would have hit the bitter end but just because reasons being what they are it's time to move on and of course you can um always find me i am gender shen you can find me on uh the internet, Instagram, Facebook, on my website, jendushin.com. I am on YouTube as well, and uh, the Akashic Swan Guidance. And yes, I have the Illuminating Journey Cards for sale, classes coming, uh, teach the Akashic Records, um, how to use the light grid, Akashic Lightbird, and I also have a book that I wrote in 2011, if you wanted to read it, The Chic Cocoon, it's out there on um, Amazon, and yes, wishing you joy, and hope we connect again in the future. It is, it is sad, I feel sad too, but I agree with Jen, it's better to go before, you know, when it feels right, and we can always, who knows, we may come back to it. But at the moment, we're not. Neither of us are in the right place to uh, continue. So, for now, it's goodbye from Lou. Goodbye from Jen. <laughs>